0: Welcome to the Rediscover Italy podcast, a place for you to relive, revisit,
1: and rediscover your love of Italy. My name is Laura Thayer. And I am Cassandra Santoro, and we're your hosts for this podcast that takes our shared love of Italy in all of its forms and brings it to you. Not
0: long ago, we were dreaming about the most beautiful beaches in Italy over on the Rediscover Italy podcast Instagram page. And we asked our followers if they wanted a podcast this summer about beaches in Italy. And the answer was a resounding C.
1: And since summer travel is back and now we are both here living along the southern Italy sea, we thought it would be the perfect timing to chat about it. Um, also, I have been fortunate to experience beaches all over the country and I would say between the both of us, we have a lot of great tips about the spiagge, such as what to expect and how to navigate them. Well, first
0: things first, when you're heading to the beach in Italy, there are two types of beaches, so to speak, and this is pretty much the case all over Italy. What you'll find will be either a stabilimental balneare, which is essentially a beach club, or a spiaggia libera, which means free beach. And basically how to think about this is that some areas of beaches can be private for the use of beach clubs and just beach clubs which will offer sunbed and umbrella rentals as well as changing rooms, a bathroom, showers, drinks, snacks and sometimes even a full restaurant, often one that's built uh, right onto the beach. What each beach club offers really depends on its size. So if it's very small, it could be just like snacks and drinks and the essentials. Or if it's much bigger, you can find a full restaurant. And uh, really, though, what you get is a lot of added convenience uh, for the cost of just a sunbed rental fee. So, um, yeah, keep in mind uh, to use um, those parts of a beach where there's a Stabilamente Balneare, you will need to pay to access the beach club. Uh, whereas the free beach is just that. It's a free and open area where you can just throw down a towel and enjoy your day at the beach.
1: Yeah those are excellent points. I mean the paid beaches uh, do have a lot of benefits and conveniences. The food, the showers, the bathrooms especially. So yeah all excellent points. Also an important note to make about Italy is the types of beaches you will find here. So for example, in Sardinia, you may find beautiful sand, beaches with turquoise waters and also Puglia and parts of Sicily also have sand and uh, crystal clear water, but in a very natural rustic setting and many times within a nature reserve. So it's quite spectacular and unique and probably a lot different than what you expect. Or places that may have sand, such as Posidano. But the sand is dark gray, blackish because of the volcanic rock. So similar to Hawaii, in that sense, you will find black sand beaches here. Um, Also here in Sorrento, um, we have the black and gray sand beaches, especially in Marina Grande, where you can look right out across and see um, Mount Vesuvius. So it makes sense that we have the volcanic rock right as sand. Um, but also in places like Liguria, Liguria is the region of Cinque Terre or the Italian Riviera, which we sure, I'm sure you've heard of. Um, they have, um, smaller patches of beach, mostly with pebbles. Although there are a few select areas along the Cinque Terre coast with sand, such as Monte Rosa or the nearby villages right outside the five cities. Also, you will find sand, but mostly, um... You know, there's a lot of pebbles and rocks, especially in the main town of Manarola. So um, this is the town that you see in all the photos that has all the colorful buildings right on the cliff. I'm sure you know it. Uh, That beach town is mostly large rocks that people lay on. So there is no sand or beach at all. So um, this is similar to also on on the island of Capri. Uh, Those fancy beach clubs you see there are mostly um, made on rock. Uh, large pieces of rock and also in Naples. So just wanted to point that out because um, even though in Sorrento, and Positano, there might be sand in, you know, right across on one of the islands, you may not find sand. So then there are places to actually build decks as Laura briefly mentioned um, for the Lidos here, um, especially in Sorrento. I think this is the most surprising to guess They believe all of Southern Italy is a beach location, such as the Caribbean, but when they arrive, they realize there isn't much sand or rocks. Um, It's just a big deck that there's a bunch of chairs and you can lay and enjoy on and have all the amenities that Laura mentioned before. For me, it's still so beautiful. I, I love it because when you swim off the Lido's or the decks, um, it feels like you're in an aquarium. I don't know. Does that sound funny? <laughs> Laura, I feel like... That's a great description. You, I love it. Yeah, because you're kind of... It's it's blocked off, right, from the rest of the sea. And the water is so clear and calm because there's no boats that can come in. And so when you're swimming, you literally are fishing, uh, swimming, well, you can fish too, I guess, but you're swimming with the fish underneath you. So definitely bring a snorkel. But overall, I think each beach has its highlight that makes it stand out. So I don't think one place is better than the other. I just think it depends on what you like, right? Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I, I think one thing I like to remind people of is that there's really no right way to hit the beach in Italy, mm. as it's just so much a matter of, of preference. And people sometimes say, oh, well, I want to be like where the locals are. And it's, and say, so, okay, yes, it's true. You will mostly find locals on the free beaches, but that doesn't in any way make it any better necessarily, or a better experience. Um, in fact, it can be a louder experience. <laughs> <laughs> but true. Um, true often, you know, the locals you have to, keep... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the locals you have to keep in mind are, uh, sometimes don't go to the beach for as long. Um, they also will, you know, just simply go home to have a shower, or have lunch, or those sorts of things. So, yeah, it's one thing to keep in mind. Yeah, if you want that local experience, um, and again, it depends where you're at. You'll find plenty of locals at the Lido's and the that that Cassandra was describing in Sorrento, because that's that's really the main beach option there. But you know, while on holiday, at least sort of the way I think about it, it's all about what's comfortable for you. And so for the type of beach and how much sun you like to get. So for example, me personally, I I can't get too much sun. So I either head to a free beach just for a short visit, but I'm definitely the person that if I'm going to go for a longer stay at the beach or a day at the beach, I definitely rent a sunbed and umbrella because it's just simply far more comfortable, especially on the Amalfi Coast. So like Cassandra was saying, location matters. Here, the beaches are quite rocky. And so it's just, for me, I highly always recommend, you know, a beach club if you just really want to be comfortable and have
1: all of the amenities. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are kind of going back and forth on this. But if you do find that the locals are at the free beaches, like, for example, in Atrani, in the town uh, next to Amalfi, that um, I often spend my time, a lot of the locals go on that concrete slab, right? And it's great. um, And I had a lot of thoughts about this. Like why, not just because it's free, but because Atrani also has a free beach with a little bit of sand. But I think that sometimes the locals like the slabs or the rocks because they can avoid the hot and sticky sand Mm. I don't know is that is that crazy I have this assumption sometimes I don't know it's a good question I've often wondered I'm not a concrete slab sort of
0: just throw my towel on a huge rock sort of person (laughs) I guess
1: (laughs) so I, I don't know yeah you know another thing about that which I want to point out so as Laura said, if you want this local experience of swimming with rocks. So this is in Natrani and also here in um, Sorrento at uh, Regina Giovanna. So a lot of the locals are like, Cassandra, you need to go to Regina Giovanna on the big rocks and lay out. That's where we all go. But then they were like, you know, there's no way to enter the water except by just like jumping in and crawling out. So then they started showing me the cuts they have (laughs) and the century story from trying to get back up. So with that little travel scars. (laughs) I have have scars. scars. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, I'm not that strong of a swimmer. So, you know, all jokes aside, like if you, as Laura said, you really want the local experience, you want to go to the concrete slam in in Atrani or uh, Regina Giovanna in Sorrento, keep in mind that there may not be a ladder to enter. You may, there may not be a lifeguard um, and you're going to have to have, it's going to be adventurous. It's going to be beautiful. Like they love those areas because the water is so clear and there's not a lot of people, but just keep in mind those little logistics um, of getting in and out of the water. If you're somebody like me, that's not a super strong swimmer.
0: That is such a good point and definitely something to keep in mind when you're planning a trip to the beach. What is your personal preference (laughs) and adventure level? (laughs) Um, Yeah, so those are some of the basics for Italian beaches in general, and now we wanted to share a few of our beach tips. So remember when I mentioned a little bit earlier about the difference between the stabilimental balneare, the beach club, and the free beaches? Well I also wanted to add um, that you'll often find them both on the same beach, so it's not one or the other, they're usually mixed together. So it can be a little bit confusing sometimes to tell it apart. So to use an example very close to home, the Marina Grande Beach in Amalfi, where I live, is the town's largest beach. And there you find both um, a small free beach area, basically on either end of the beach, and then in between, one Stablamente Balneare after another. And that's actually why you have all those colorful umbrellas that makes um, Amalfi's beach so
1: picturesque. And that's because each beach club has its own colored umbrella. Yeah, great tips. Everybody loves to follow the umbrellas for the Instagram photos and because it's easy to find <laughs> the <laughs> the difference between the paid beaches and the free beaches.
0: Yeah, and that's basically it. If you see that, that sort of very, very scenic, uh, the rows of umbrellas and beach chairs, that's your one main cue that you're looking at a beach club. And so if you want to hang out on that part of the beach, then you'll need to pay. Otherwise, look for where, you know, you see... Just people throwing out towels, and you'll probably also see some umbrellas. A lot of locals um, come with a, the full setup of umbrellas and their own chairs and coolers and everything <laughs> to make a day of it.
1: <laughs> of course, always prepared the Italians.
0: Yes. And, that, and that's actually one thing I, I think is so interesting about visiting beaches, um, really anywhere in the world, in different parts of the world. And that's because it's a little bit of a cultural experience. As well as just plain fun or relaxing, um, of course, depending on your own beach style. And I, you know, I spent uh, seven years living right on the beach in Florida when I was growing up, and the style there was decidedly casual. <laughs> and uh, you know, sure, this varies. It may we'll have to we'll have to ask Cassandra here, but you know, I think it varies depending on where you're at in Italy. But what I've experienced is that Italians are not quite that casual like florida casual
1: yeah what is it like like the beach club like isn't there songs about that and, and key west is all like bring your flip-flops only type of thing, oh well right? yeah i mean
0: it's just normal to see people basically anywhere in stores restaurants without shirts or you know flip-flops it's just much more casual <laughs> and so know yeah, i think if that's that's definitely not how things are here so like on the beach you'll definitely see like you know, the men are going to be wearing the Speedos and the women are going to be wearing pretty much only bikinis, um, at least in this part of Italy where I'm at. And, you know, it seemed, it can seem quite informal, but Italians definitely aren't that informal when they leave the beach. So they will definitely, like, completely dress or definitely wear a cover-up, um, even just to return home or to, to eat at one of those seaside restaurants. There will definitely not just be walking around with their swimsuits on and in fact one thing to keep in mind is that actually some towns in italy um, it's not even allowed to walk around in the center of town basically anywhere off the beach just in your swimsuit so you're gonna want Mm. to pack um, some sort of beach cover-up and you'll be good to go
1: (laughs) fair enough yeah
0: yeah oh and also you're going to want to bring a pair of beach flip-flops and i say beach flip-flops meaning basically just ones that you don't mind getting beat up a little bit especially if you're on a rocky beach (laughs) or water shoes or whatever you're comfortable with if you're going to be heading to a place um with beaches uh like the Amalfi Coast so and you know don't worry you know you really won't feel like a tourist walking around on the Amalfi Coast beaches with flip-flops like it's really it's it's a must and in fact I get a kick out of this like the local way I'm sure you've seen this Cassandra like the local way of going into the water is like you have to get to the as close to the water's edge as you can with your flip-flops, and then you leave them there. And this takes some sort of tactical work to figure out how close to the water you can leave them so that then they also won't be washed out with a wave. So you have to figure this out, and then you leave your flip-flops, and then you take like those last sort of like awkward, painful steps into the water and then like splash. <laughs> and then, then the, 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 the secret here, though, is you have, to, you have to remember where you left your flip-flops so that when you get out of the water, you don't have to walk on the stones too far to get back to them.
1: Well, here's the thing. Two things about that is that, okay, in Sorrento, I was surprised in Marina Grande, my feet were burning and I could take it. I'm not usually somebody that wants to bring my flip-flops to, because I don't travel with a lot of things. I don't want to lose my one pair of flip-flops. This year, I have like four because I was prepared. And then I go to the beach and nobody, they're like walking on the burning hot sand. So I asked a local, I just asked them, I said, how is it that you can walk on the sandies? Like we're used to it, which was like complete opposite of what I saw in the Amalfi Coast. So I thought that was funny. But also to your point about the flip flops, um, a lot of people get Javianas here, the flip flops, the Brazilian flip flops. So they all look the same. So I always try to get like a bright yeah. color. So because I <laughs> realized, so right, like I was like, oh, my gosh, mine looks just like everybody else's. So this year I got super hot pink. Um, so that, and I was like, okay, those are mine at the end, but yeah, it's, it's a, the flip-flop. I I love that you brought that up because the flip-flop, uh, you know, beach experience is just a whole travel tip on their own because if you don't know what's going on and you try to figure that out, it can be quite confusing. So thanks for sharing that, Laura, because I think it's going to help a lot of people. (laughs) So yeah, all excellent points. And I don't want to repeat too much of what you said because I agree with you, um, and, Obviously, everything you shared is on point. Um, Like, I don't know if there's a dress code per se, but I think it's one of those unspoken Italian rules, even in the sense of like on the beach, like the chic thing is the cover-ups, especially the ones like even if they seem touristy and tell me if I'm wrong, but you can buy them right on the beach. But a lot of people still buy them or they have their version of like, you know, the summer, um, you know, like coral or white or yellow cover-ups to... Like with jewels and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, and I see
0: people wearing jewelry too. That's the thing that I didn't expect, but it's not uncommon to see women wearing lots of jewelry. At the yeah, beach.
1: I mean that—that's too many things for me because I'm like I can't follow my flip flops and my earrings and my rings. But yeah, I agree with you absolutely. <laughs> and um, the and you know the other big thing in addition to the flip flops, as I'm you know is I just want to add is the handmade sandals you know, obviously you're going to use the flip-flops the most time you're on the beach, but you know, you will find that the ladies will, and even some men will wear their handmade Sandals um, to the beach. Um, you can buy these sandals on Capri. There's like artisans, the Amalfi Coast, and Ischia. We love Maria Rosaria Fridara in Ischia Porto. She makes her <laughs> sandals every year, but definitely so beautiful, so nice. You can engrave your initials in them, um, so then nobody can steal them or get them confused with theirs. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. Um, but no, really, it's like you know because it's funny. A lot of people ask me, Cassandra, what should I wear to these beach towns and But I think you pretty much nailed it, Laura. It's like, you know, when you're on the beach, it's like the flip flops when you're off to, or, you know, going to eat at one of the restaurants, maybe handmade sandals and a really nice cover up. You know, if I'm going to make a day out of it, I will I'll usually go to a paid beach, um, as you said as well, Laura, and I'll bring a change of clothes and bring a nicer pair of sandals because some of these beach clubs turn into uh, like little dancing places or restaurants in the evening and it's nice to just hang out so I'll just you know that you can change there and shower so I'll go in my very casual beach stuff you know and then I'll change but yeah also like I I don't dress up every time I go to the beach sometimes I'll wear shorts and a really nice blouse and just flip-flops because as you said but yeah just something if you're making a whole day out of it And, um, besides what I'm wearing and Laura, you touched on this earlier, but I just want to like circle back around and talk about the food because we always have to talk about food on the sea because definitely it's important. It's a must. Um, you know, you made a really good point and I wanted to overemphasize again that like on the free beaches, people will pack things up, but on the paid beaches, you should be ordering from the bars on site. Like as you noted, like, you know, oh, that's true, you know, you yeah, can't pack a cooler. Like in the U.S., you can do either, I think, in some cases. Here, it's like, okay, if you're sitting at a chair, you can get a server. You know, it doesn't cost extra, but the server will come up to you and ask you for a light meal, such as a panino or a salad or, like, a spritz or something, and you can order from him. Um, yes, you should tip a little bit, even if it's a couple of euro. He's your server, um, even though we're in Italy. Um, you know, just like, you know, he gives you table-side service. Um But um, as you also noted, Laura, some of these places do have full restaurants. So if you um, rent a chair and an umbrella for the day, you can keep your towel down and then just walk a few steps up to the restaurant, which should be reserved in advance. And um, you don't have to get super dressed up. You can draw your cover up on your flip flops because you're a guest on site. And you can get a really spectacular meal. There's really great, right? I mean, Laura, you're going to mention some places on the Amalfi Coast here later Mm on. um, But there are really great places where, you know, you just have to walk a few steps from your chair um, and you can have a spectacular local meal. So, yeah, just a little tip on that. And, you know, uh, to just throw this in a few years back, I wrote an article on Forbes, um, about, um, or I contributed to an article on Forbes about how to beach like an Italian. So a lot of the things we talk about, I go into a little bit more detail there, um, about like more dressing or like what kinds of foods. Um, but I think overall this, these are the, these are the main highlights you should know, right? If you agree about when going to the beach, the food, it's most important how to dress and if you have to pay or if it's free. So, We hope that helped.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and there's one more thing that uh, what you said reminded me of is that don't be surprised that some of the very high end beach clubs, especially in places like Capri, may require you actually Ah, to have lunch in the sense that like when you're there, you like lunch is basically a part of your experience. So um, that's just something to keep in mind because it might not be what you're interested in. But of course, like Cassandra said, the food that you're going to get will be incredible and you can't beat the views and it's it's truly a unique experience but it is just something like you said you know do your research and figure out where you're going and if there are any sort of booking in advance restrictions
1: or what you know what all is included and what's required great great um, addition that's so important the reservation the lunch the reserving the Lido in general and some of these higher end places is so key so now that you know the basics and
0: you're ready to pack we're going to share uh, some of our favorite beach experiences and spots all around Italy. So get ready to take some notes, but uh, we'll also be putting um, the highlights and the best places in our show notes on the Rediscover Italy podcast blog. So you can always check there on any spots that you heard about that you want to, to look at more. Uh, for anyone who's planning a trip to the Amalfi Coast or might be in the future, I'm going to start by sharing a few places that I, I really love here. And I'm going to start again right in Amalfi, since that's the place that um, I spend most of the time at the beach. And there's one, um, there's one place that I I, I always recommend because uh, still so many people um, don't know about it. And that's what makes it um, so special. And so that is this little beach called Santa Croce, which you have to go by boat, because uh, it's not uh, accessible by stairs or any way else. You just have to get there by boat, which is Part of the experience, <laughs> mm-hmm. and there's a restaurant there called da Teresa. and they run this boat service back and forth from Amalfi, so it's real easy to catch and get there. And uh, it's the perfect hidden away spot to rent a sunbed. And yes, it's a very rocky beach. <laughs> you definitely want a sunbed, <laughs> but it's the perfect spot to just to just um, relax, get away from it all, because you just it's it's just you basically. On this little beach between the mountains of the Amalfi Coast and the sea, so it's just a spectacular setting. And then, when you're ready to eat, there's a restaurant uh, where the seafood is excellent, and there's white wine with fresh peaches in it. And that, for me, is just the essence of summer on the Amalfi Coast.
1: Peaches and wine? Oh, come on, you're selling me on this, Laura. <laughs> yes,
0: it's the best. But uh, you know. Positano I also wanted to mention just because it is so it's so popular right this is one of the most popular places to visit on the coast and so right in town there's the Fornillo beach which I love a lot and it's much um, it's not quite as busy as the main beach in town but um, just east of Positano there are several beaches that you should put on your radar because they're located in these these tiny coves and they're reachable by steps, but you know, more comfortably by boat service from the center of of, of Positano. And uh, one of my favorites is this little beach called Arienzo Beach. And I love going to the Arienzo Beach Club because it's a fun spot and they have great service and food. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And then nearby, there's another little beach called Laurito. And Cassandra, this is the summer. We're finally going to go to the... To the Treville Beach Club at Lorito together. It's a
1: must. Yes, we need to. I need to go back. We've been waiting for you. Jenny and I went last time and it wasn't the same without you. So we're <laughs> making it happen.
0: <laughs> Definitely. And so, yeah, just real quick one last beach on the Amalfi Coast if you're looking for someplace a little bit um, further off the, you know, the beaten path. Uh, I I actually love the beach in Chitara. I think it's one of the prettiest on the Amalfi Coast because it has this Mm. big stone watchtower, the colorful town, the dome of the church with those ceramic tiles. It's so pretty. And, you know, Cassandra will agree here that there are great restaurants nearby.
1: (laughs) Aliche, marinato, or all all types of aliche.
0: (laughs) Which are anchovies,
1: and Cassandra is obsessed with them.
0: All summer long,
1: mostly because I'm allergic. I mean, I mean, I love them anyway, but I'm also allergic to shellfish, so I can't eat the delicious meals everybody else gets to eat, like spaghetti alla vongole or like anything with gambetti shrimp. So anything with clams and shrimp, I can't eat. So I just became obsessed with the sardines and the anchovies.
0: That's perfect, and they're very good at Santa Croce Beach. So if we go there to what yeah. noted. <laughs> So like we mentioned before, you the beaches on Capri are, I mean, they're so well-known and they're so picturesque. I mean, you just can't beat that view of the Ferrione and Capri's beauty. But I wanted to add here, and we've talked a little bit about Ischia, but I I will never get tired of talking about Ischia because there's so much to to see and do there. And it isn't quite as as busy as Capri can be. And definitely would highly recommend it if you're looking for beaches. Because the, uh, it's just, the whole island is surrounded by so many different types of beaches. So you can get all kinds of different experiences on one island. So you have finer, sort of more pebbly beaches with an uh, incredible view of uh, Castello Aragonese at Ischia Ponte. Which is this historic castle set atop this little islet. It's so picturesque. And then like on the southern part of the island, you have thermal bubbling water in the sea, not very far from Sant'Angelo. And then on the western side of the island near Forio, there are incredible thermal spas set right on the beach, where so you can have the thermal spa experience, but there's also a private beach that is part of the spa, so you get the best of everything. Mm. Great point. And then while you're on Ischia, you can also hop onto a ferry over to Procida, the small island nearby. And they have beautiful beaches, and you can even see some of the beaches where the, the 1994 movie Il Postino was filmed, if you're a fan of that movie.
1: That's a good one. That's a good one. A classic. We hope you uh, have seen it or watch it before you come here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so yeah, so those are some
0: of my favorite spots in this area. What are, what, what are your favorite beaches, Cassandra?
1: Well, for me, gosh, it's hard to say. I've seen a lot from Friuli, which is surprising to people that they do have beaches, but from Friuli down to Sicily, there really have been some spectacular locations. Although I have missed experiencing the Emilia-Romagna coast, which a lot of people have recommended, but haven't made it there yet. But um, I've been a lot of other places throughout the 20 regions. So anyway, okay, so I would say the beaches of Sardinia, we're so unique and rustic, as I mentioned before. I also love the sand and the pristine water in Puglia, And even the area of Marema in Tuscany has a stunning coast. It really is pretty spectacular there as well. And just last week, um, even though I am an ocean and a sea girl, or woman, I should say, <laughs> I uh, experienced the Lake Bolzena when, in the Lazio region, which you know is outside of Rome. This lake is um, basically between Umbria, Tuscany, and Rome. And it was completely different, but still a great experience, you know, um, to just take part in. But I would say I'm kind of between two places. I have a lot of wonderful memories in Sicily. You have Cefalu, which is a historic and colorful fishing village near Palermo, or of course the Aeolian Islands, also volcanic, which are near Messina on the other coast of Sicily. But in general, I really love the eastern Sicily coast. Um, you know, usually we'll base ourselves in Ragusa or Modega. And um, from there, kind of explore. So, like, for example, a few years back, I went with my friend Dario. And we were there half for work and half for exploring. And we just, like, would pack up the car and stop at these random beaches like after a meeting or you know sometime before a meeting um, and just throw down a towel and visit a charming restaurant in the sea after we went swimming but most of the time as I noted before it wasn't um, like a well-known beach we would see something on a map and end up walking through trails that led to wonderful beaches like these nature reserves so it was really delightful um, and a really great memory but I have to say that one of my favorite beach areas in all of Italy is Calabria. So um, there are well-known places such as Tropea, but hmm. I mean, really, around Reggio Calabria, it, it's not so much about the actual town. It's just the beaches and these, and the little details around it. I, I mean, um, they're really tranquil. Um, they're stunning. Um, and I just, I just love the experience. I also have a lot of wonderful memories there. Um, my friends and I usually head to the beach and we'll stay there all day until sunset and, um, enjoy a, a typical tartufo gelato before heading home or like at the beach, we'll have a pinino a la tona. So it's actually a fresh tuna sandwich, not canned tuna. So it's fresh tuna on a sandwich and it's just so delicious and local and great memories, that's what I love about Italy is that it, you were mentioning food and
0: these food specialties. And like we said, a visit to the beach is, is, is a cultural experience. It's a food experience in Italy. It's, it's all together. It really is. So it's the beach season now in Italy. And we hope um, this podcast episode helped you get in the mood for an Italian summer. And the season here actually can last until early October and even later in some parts of the South. So um, there is still time to make it here, if you can, safely this year. (laughs) And uh, until then, though, please do join us on social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook as the Rediscover Italy podcast, and we'll be sharing
1: photos and videos of beaches this summer across Italy. So thank you for listening, and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play so you won't miss any of our future episodes.
0: And you'll find all of our listening options and more on our website, www.rediscoveritalypodcast.com, where you can also read our blog with show notes and more information and photos for each episode, and also sign up for our newsletter And uh, reach out to us on social media where we hope
1: you'll join us and uh, keep sharing even more of the Italy that we all love. Please do share the podcast with your friends and family. And if you have a chance, please also do leave a review. We do love to hear from you. And don't forget, we're still taking questions from all of you. Send us a message on social media or email them directly to rediscoveritalypodcast at gmail.com. Grazie and a presto. A presto.